This episode is brought to you by Zencaster. Zencaster is the number one tool for all podcasters. You can record high fidelity audio between remote locations and get studio quality sound. Go to Zencaster.com and use coupon code that entertains for 20% off for three months or 20% off an annual plan. Everything is awesome is part of Courts and Parts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, movie, and geek podcasts. Check out some of our other shows like TV Ate My Brain, Let's Chat with Revelin Friends, and Podstalgic at courtsandparts.com. Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I am your host, Kev, and this is the show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. And we are officially in Philadelphia Podcast Festival season. Uh, I'm really excited to chat with this week's guest, Josh, who is part of the festival. Uh, Make sure you check out the full schedule for the Philadelphia Podcast Festival at phillypodfest.com slash schedule. It kicks off on June 22nd, Friday night at Good Good Comedy Theater, and it goes all weekend long, the 23rd, the 24th, and I believe there's even a show on Monday night on the 25th, and you can see shows like A Quest for Magic and Steel, uh, Victims of Villains will be uh, on that day, Um, All My Fantasy Children, and Party of One, all these great shows are performing the first weekend of the Philadelphia Podcast Festival, so check them all out. The second weekend uh, is, is, is just as good, maybe better, I don't know. Uh, but you have shows like, oh, I don't know, um, uh, Everything is Awesome. That's right, Everything is Awesome. You got, um, oh, I don't know, Full Billy Laughs. Uh, you got a lot of great shows. You got Nerds with Words. So it's a great, great, great uh, thing that the Philadelphia Podcasting Society puts together. Um, I love the festival. This is my third year doing it. Super excited. So make sure you check out phillypodfest.com slash schedule for the complete schedule. Uh, Josh is the host uh, of Victims and Villains, and it is such a wonderful podcast. Um, it's it's you know it's labeled where pop culture meets suicide prevention, and and he's um, he's not just sitting around talking about pop culture like I do. He's actually going out and doing something about it, and he's he does speaking events and panels, and and he does all these different mixtures of live shows. Um, to help bring awareness to suicide prevention and whatnot. And, and he's doing really good work. Um, and speaking of his live shows, I, as I mentioned, he's going to be doing the podcast festival on June 23rd at a Malcolm Cox and coffee house. Uh, I, I love that venue. I've done two shows there. Um, episode 100 of everything is awesome was done there live. And it was, it was such a blast. Um, he'll be performing at 3 PM. He's uh, I think the third or fourth show in the lineup that day. Um, so, so make sure you head out there uh, and not only support Amalgam and support the festival, but support a show that, A, took the time out of their day to come and be a guest on this show. That's really important to me. But also, more importantly, uh, a show that is, is more than just people sitting around. That's important. That's, I love that in podcasting. I think that's important in podcasting. But this is also a show about suicide prevention. It has a meaning behind uh, everything that they do, uh, besides just entertainment, uh, entertainment's important, important, but, um, 
suicide prevention is even more. There's, I don't think there's anything greater than that. So check them out. Uh, so let's get into the show. Josh and I sit down and we chat about all things nerdy. We spend very little time about the podcast because him and I chat uh, chatted about his podcast heavily last year. Uh, and you can go back. I'll have a link to that in the show notes if you want to go back and listen to our first conversation. Uh, but this year we sit around and we, we just have a general nerdy pop culture discussion. And I really enjoy our discussion near the end when we get real full on nerd and talk DC Comics uh, and, and Tom King's Batman run, Snyder's Batman run, um, Harley Quinn. And, and Justice League and stuff like that. So uh, without further ado, here is my conversation with Josh right here on AwesomePodcast.com. So, uh, so how you been? It's been, uh, I mean, literally almost a year, I think, since we talked. Yeah, I, I feel like every time I, I do the Philly Podcast Fest and we get in, it's like, how much longer is it till I get an email from Kevin now? <laughs> well, now this is your second year doing it, right? Yeah, uh, we did it last year. We had um, Kalani Carballo at Amalgam Comics, and uh, Kalani is a independent comic book creator out of New Jersey. Uh, we've done a lot of his books on our YouTube channel, and so getting to like go in depth with him and some of his themes and and books it was just it was it was really cool. Like this year, like we have something completely different planned for it. So. Oh, that's cool. Now, I um, if I remember correctly, that while that was your first festival, uh, Philadelphia Podcast Festival show, it wasn't your first live show, right? No, like what well, I've done, like before last year, we had done, uh, we we had done a couple panels at that point. We had done several speaking engagements, couple mm. cons. Um, we've really grown in the last year since the last Philly podcast. So, I'll tell you, uh, the the panel game is something that I've I've been trying to get like I was trying to get into and we finally did it this year and and I, it started out at this like weird place of me saying how cool would it be just to like run a panel uh not thinking like thinking that like comic-con specifically wizard world would not like accept something like like who am i you know i'm not i'm not anybody and i also had some driving like i have this uh and it's very one-sided this like faux uh like um uh rival uh rival uh, in chris hardwick and uh, where yeah i don't I, years and years ago i did this show called the zomcast and we uh the original name of the show was called the walking dead zomcast and it was a recap show on the on the walking dead <clears throat> and uh he i fully blame him for getting us uh a cease and desist from amc Wow. Yeah. And, and now a lot of people will sit, will point the finger at me for saying, cause, cause he was doing a live show in Philly and I had emailed him to say, Hey man, like I would love to open. Like I, this was like when this was in like maybe the first year of the podcast festival, it may not have even been a thing uh, at that point. Live podcasting was really only regulated to, like the Kevin Smiths and the Chris Hardwicks of the world. Like it wasn't super popular. Uh, and it wasn't something that like in Philly, no local podcast at that time was doing a live show. So I was like, so we didn't know how, how it worked. And I was like, how awesome would it be to open for him? So I sent him an email about it to open for him. And, uh, and, and then within like 24 hours, I got the season desist. Wow. Why? Uh, uh, because we were using the walking dead in our title. 
Mind you, there was a podcast called the Walking Dead podcast that was not an official IMC podcast. Uh, there was, and I think part of the issue was we were also gaining traction on StickCam. I don't know if are you familiar with StickCam? I have never actually heard of StickCam. So, well, it's it's not a thing anymore. Uh, okay, it, it's it's. Uh, something very, very uh, bad happened, and and uh, they eventually were shut down uh, because of it. Uh, and I, you would have to like Google it to get the complete details. But um, they were like uh, the live live streaming premiere spot to go to. Uh, YouTube wasn't doing live streaming yet. Twitch wasn't a thing. Uh, you had basically had like stick cam, you uh, broadcast, and I think blog TV were like the three big ones. And, and, and like stick cam was the YouTube of live streaming, uh, back then. Like it was like the most popular thing, uh, for that. And we were doing live podcasting on that. And, uh, they, I, with my main show, they weren't like we, they, they did not like my main show at all. Uh, but I think it was, was, was too similar to another show that I was part of that, um, I was contracted on and they contracted with, uh, with them. And, but Stickham really liked our, our Walking Dead show and was like, Hey, we want to try to do what AMC is doing, um, and offering like an after show type of market where we, we, we have other podcasts talking about shows. We went to, you know, try all that with you guys so we were hitting like you know maybe 10 to fifteen thousand views an hour uh on that show with stick cam and so so that was happening while i also emailed them to be like hey let me open for you so i think a lot of factors with with our rising popularity had to and me saying hey look at me chris hardwick uh had to do with with us getting shut down basically uh and and whatnot but yeah so so back to the point is me, I, I was like, hey, I want to be Philadelphia's Chris Hardwick. Like, I just want to moderate panels in Philadelphia and uh, just just do after show uh, talk shows, basically. So, uh, yeah, so the panel game. Like, so what do you guys do for your panel before I get into my, my goal? I, I mean, it really depends on the, the audience or the subject. Um, like, we haven't we haven't done a panel in um probably six months but like Mm -hmm. we're gonna be doing one in uh one in the fall that if everything goes through it'll be focusing on heroes um like batman and and black lightning Mm -hmm. and um but essentially like we did we we had uh the last panel we did we talked about how um like we talked about kind of how to get into comics and like the the two like the big two marvel and dc versus um you know independent like the difference between the two like how it feels like working on such iconic characters um and then we did another one back in you know a couple about a year and a half ago about um you know suicide in suburbs Mm -hmm. and the rate that it's gone up since the, the late 80s and um you know how to effect more effectively but usually like if we do speaking engagements not not just panels it's usually um about like training people to recognize suicide Mm. prevention so to say um but a lot of like when we're doing comic cons it's it's like all right like how can we take this area of pop culture and take our way of breaking the stigma around mental health and suicide prevention and and connect these two 
and that's I mean, and uh, it's I I don't want to be a retread of our, our interview last year, but like that's an amazing you know obviously platform that you guys have and use uh, to to get that message out. Um, and I, I was going to, so you guys do a mix of like comic cons and uh, non comic nerdy events when you do speaking slash panels, right? Yeah. So this year we've done, uh, we've done everything from, from churches, youth groups, um, after school programs. Uh, we did a music fest a couple weeks ago. Oh, so, neat. I mean, like we, we, the way that our, because we cover pop culture and because yeah every different culture whether you're talking comic books or music or tattoos or uh, uh, filmmaking or youtube's like every one of those like people like that suicide has a, a a way of being able to be implanted i you know anyone can kill themselves and so that's yeah. why like our format of our show and like the way that we do events like we can literally do anything like we uh, the day before the Philly, we do Philly podcast. We have a local. We're doing a punk rock show. Oh, that's neat. <laughs> so, that's I mean, it's it's like our format that you can literally take it anywhere, and it's yeah. not, um, it's not just like hey, where this is the studio, but like out of studio, like we're able to do, um, you know, in the studio, we we will take a pop, bring on a creator, talk about their stuff, uh, we'll talk about their area of like favorite area of pop culture or like what's relevant to that time. And then like, we also have a platform to showcase music and stuff like that. So. Well, and it seems like, uh, that's almost the format you went with, with last year's festival, uh, show for, for Philly, uh, like doing the, the interview, um, style with the guest. Uh, I guess without spoiling anything, like how different, like, are you, cause you guys are at Amalgam again, right? Yes, we are at Malgum on June twenty third at three p.m. Uh, so, so how different do you plan on uh, spinning it? So this year, we've actually been able to uh, partner with a network. So oh, nice. they they kind of uh, sponsor, and so the head of that network actually lives in Philly, and we are going to be doing a tour actually. Um, through philly and pittsburgh and jersey and going to be hitting up different cities with a group out of north carolina that does something similar to what we do and it started out as a joke and it's now like kind of like emphasizing so like we're going to be doing a review of toy story um because the the entire tour is going to be revolving around toy story oh interesting so like we're we're talking about like Toy Story, f- like review essentially like uh for the the yeah this upcoming podcast fest. Yeah, that's um I lo- I, I the tour sounds amazing like that I feel like is eventually what I want to like I want to get to uh, is. Uh, is doing something like that. I, like that what one of these years be like you know what i've done this this and this let's check off tour next uh and and just because that's like i said like this year we actually so uh we do every january and i say that like it's it's happened for a long time but for the last two januaries and, and this coming one will be the third time that we do it once i get the the, the details finalized um we do a uh one day you know festival um uh, podcast festival that raises awareness for cancer and raises money and stuff. Um, 
That's all. And yeah, it, and it's such a fun day, it's such a fun event. And but this this past year, um, we which was the second time we did it. Um, it was even though like I had already done it the year before. Uh, it, this year felt way more sh- stressful. Uh, and um, the uh, I'm trying to word this in a way that doesn't give it away, but the the one key sponsor we had um, for the show like did very little to to no legwork to help promote it, and that's what I asked for. Like the, most sponsors are like providing something for us. Like we had you know Steel Empire did our sound this past year. Um, Tattooed Mom was our venue and stuff like that. Um, Zencaster, you know, provides me, uh, normally with the, the way I record my podcast. So, so all those sponsors play a key role, but you know, this, this particular sponsor, like the main thing that they had to do was just help promote the show and help get, you know, butts and seats. And, uh, there was very little to zero promotion about that. Um, and so walking into that event that day, I was like an angry, angry person about what was happening. And, uh, it, 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 I definitely walked away saying like, I don't know if I want to do live podcasting anymore. Like I was, yeah, I mean, that's how much it affected me because, you know, there's a lot of work, as you know, uh, that goes into not, you know, podcasting in general, but especially a live podcast or a live performance of some sort or speaking event. Um, so like all the work that I put into that felt like it was for nothing. And, and, and especially like, you know, the cause and the, 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 the involvement that this particular sponsor had, like it, there's no reason that they that they should have been helping, you know, get, get people out there for it. So, um, so it changed the way I looked at live shows and I was like, all right, well, you know, I, uh, a month before that we did a show at, uh, at Amalgam for our 100th episode. And instead of doing the normal late night talk show shtick that I did, uh, I normally do. I was like, let's play like a game. Like, let's get, um, I don't know. Do you uh, know the party one podcast? Yeah, they actually came up right after us okay. uh, last year, so got to yeah. sit for theirs. Yeah, J- Jeff is uh, an amazing dude, an amazing storyteller, um, and uh, he's also, you know, he's uh, really well, a really good GM, and and uh, also does like a, a game. He uh, designs games too, so. Uh, we had him come on and run a game that he that he's in the process of. I think he's done testing it now, um, and and but part, that was the game that we played was part of his uh, beta test for for Mission Accomplished, and it was such a fun time. We brought a bunch of improv people out, um, and it was just a fun time. Amalgam is a really good space for that. Like I've done um, the sit down talk show late night style at amalgam and i've done a, a game and i don't know how you felt after your show i mean obviously you enjoyed it enough to to do the festival again um and obviously amalgam is like a really good venue for for your you know your themed show um but like the late night talk show like gimmick does not work there at least not for me because like it's so generic um, but like the, the game, the game thing did. And, and that I was thinking about that. I was like, well, I guess if maybe like we take a couple months off and I just kind of get my head back in the game and we do something different and that's like a very last minute. We, so we applied for, um, the great Philadelphia comic-con, uh, to do a panel there in greater Oaks PA. Uh, have you been to that con or have on panels there or anything uh we actually covered it as press this year so that's another thing that we started doing this this past year was doing like kind of stepping back from panels and 
getting building more relationships with independent creators um that's so great to do press and so like uh Blair Webb, who we've done now two two conventions with, he is uh, such a talented dude, and and like I cannot recommend like if you're if you're pass through the Living Corpse crew, stop at their table. Like they're mm. awesome dudes. It was um, I, I've never been to that con before. Last year, uh, or I mean, I guess a, like a month and a half ago. Uh, when it happened was the first time I've ever, I, I've been in that building for, uh, we got, I had free tickets to, uh, like Minecraft con or fair or whatever that was there, uh, last year. Um, and it's, it, it was such an interesting space because it was, uh, for Minecraft fair, it was literally just the, everything was happening in like a different section of, of, I guess the greater Oaks hall expo hall. And like, there was no secluded rooms for panels. Like everything was just like kind of behind curtains. Um, and like, you could just, if you really listened, you could hear it. So like, I wasn't no, I didn't know what I was expecting walking into, uh, the, the Philadelphia comic con, but it really, so my, I think before that, I guess PAX unplugged, I did go to, um, but but really like the comic book themed con, um, Greater Philadelphia was the first one I went to in years. Like I think the last thing I went to was Wizard World in like two thousand and nine or something. Wow. Um, and yeah, it's just I don't I, I didn't go. I don't know why I didn't go in two thousand and like ten and eleven. But like tw- since twenty twelve, I've been a, you know I've I've had a kid, uh, so. Yeah. That uh, it's it's expensive like when you go yeah. with kids oh yeah yeah and and it's and also just like you know th- now that my son is six six and a half he might be into it and and i've been teasing the idea of bringing him to one um but like and he's also in school so it's like all right well like i'm only going one day out of the even though i like wizard world i had the opportunity to go all four days i i just went one day but uh, Greater Philadelphia, I was only scheduled to go to the one day, and uh, like uh, my fiance was was uh, out and about doing stuff. I think she had a bridal shower or something to go to that day. So like there was no, like there was no easy, and I'm busy like doing a panel, so like I can't play dad and do a panel at the same time. So right. Um, but it was I. I remember listening to um, my buddy talk about Wizard World last year because he ran a table there, and I remember like the last year I went, like it was, it felt very un uh, fan friendly, like all the celebrities were secluded somewhere where you couldn't even walk by and say like just like see them uh, and whatnot. So so Greater Oaks was complete opposite of that. Me and oh, um, yeah, uh, Garrett Smith from uh, the I Like to Movie Movie podcast. Uh, we were, he was part of the panel. I, you know, I picked him up on my way to the, to the con and we were just walking around. I was like, this is amazing. Like, did it's, I mean, obviously you were there. So like the only person that was secluded was Val Kilmer. And even that, like he, he was just like, you could walk past his booth. He just had like a, a curtain around it. Yeah. I, I really was not sure what to expect. We, uh, uh, I reviewed, uh, the book last year for our YouTube channel called The Reject It, and one of the guy, the guy that wrote it, was one of the guys that does the Greater Philadelphia mm-hmm. po- Comic Con. Um, Stan, whose name I can never pronounce, mm-hmm. and 
uh, he kind of swayed our, our interest in, in covering it for press. And so uh, this was probably, I think, like the fourth fourth or fifth con we had covered for press. And I really wasn't sure what to expect because, like, when you're walking in, I'd never been to Oaks. So, like, going in, we parked on, like, the one side of it, and then you have to essentially walk. Yeah. It's such a long, such a long way because, like, you finally get in, and we weren't the only ones there that weekend. Like, it was, uh, they had, like, a New Age con (laughs) that was there, too. Yeah. And then they had, like, uh, but, yeah, like, I I, I loved the the feeling that when you first walk in, Artist Alley is the first thing you experience. Mm -hmm. That's the way a con should be run because, yes, people are going to go to see the celebrities like Val Kilmer and the cast of Black Lightning and all those other guys. But the thing about the the, uh, comic cons is that people that are trying to make it like independent artists, they're the ones that, that should be you like up in front. Whereas New York comic con, you go in and it's like massive. Like it's just a, a, a smorgasbord and the artist alley is like, down in like the far right corner buried in uh, under a tomb mm-hmm. yeah i've never been to to new york comic-con uh, but from what i'm understanding it's now like even bigger than san diego it is and and the thing about it is that it's more equipped to be that way mm-hmm. and it's better equipped than that way because like from what i'm told like i have friends that live out in san diego and they've described that the space of how they go about doing san diego is very very tiny for the amount of people that they're trying to get in and new york's just bigger mm-hmm. so and uh, i don't know if you know uh, i'm sure you do uh but they the people that run new york comic-con they are bringing keystone uh, Comic Con to Philly in yeah. um, in September, so I, I'm gonna be in. It's gonna be interesting because I'm trying to go to that um, as long as I uh, don't have to pay, basically, because I'm cheap. Uh, <laughs> but we we applied for panels there, and and actually they just opened up press apps, so I might apply for a press application too. But um, I, I'm interested to see what that is, and I think it's an unfair comparison to to the Greater Philadelphia pod. Um, Greater Philadelphia Comic Con uh, in Oaks because that seems like it, it, to me that was just so uh, indie that it was awesome and and like indie in the fact that I found out that I had a panel a week before the show. Yeah, uh, same same here. Like we we didn't get cleared for press, so like I kept I kept emailing and I was like, are we are we in? Are we mm-hmm, in? Are mm-hmm. we in? I didn't hear anything, so like we didn't have like a place to stay. Mm-hmm. Like I, I didn't have a, like I had to make a lot of like runarounds to like be able to do that convention. Oh wow! Yeah, it seems like they and and I don't know if maybe because I mean they've been around forever, but like it seems like maybe this year was just like really big and they didn't because like the cast of Black Lightning is obviously huge for, to get you know hot on the heels of I think the season finale uh, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you have Val Kilmer you have like it was a pretty good like celebrity guest like uh, like years oh, yeah. past I-, I think I've looked and I was like oh you know like 
just it's people that like oh it would be like neat to see but i don't really want to see it was like seemed like it was maybe the first year they had like they were like quote unquote a contender to go against um like wizard world with that with the 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 celebrities they got and i may i just don't know if they were like equipped to handle the like the traffic that they that they got maybe i don't i don't know because like they didn't email like they've released the schedule, but they didn't email at least a handful. Like I had another friend doing a panel or scheduled to do a panel and he couldn't do it because they didn't let him know. Uh, and I, like I, cause it was the first panel I've ever, so that was the first panel we ever did that I've ever run. And I had no idea what to do. Like I was like, I had so many questions and, and like literally up until the day of the event and like getting there, like they were just like, it was, it seems so unorganized. Um, and I don't like, I love the con and I, I 100% want to do it again. And, and I like, everyone was super nice that I talked to, but it just, so I don't want to sound make it sound like I'm talking crap on them, but like, it just, it seemed like, and, and unorganized in a good way, meaning like they, they didn't expect the turnout or they didn't expect to like have all this pressure, I guess, with having these guests. I don't know what it was. It just felt, it felt like for a con that's been around that long. Like they should have, they should have had. I guess um, they should have been more prepared, or not. No, that's not what I want to say. I understand why they weren't prepared because they had, like I said, the cast of Black Lightning there. It just it seemed really weird the way things were handled, and I think it was because of having such like a talented group of celebrities there. I I literally I can't speak to like anything other than like i mean we made two calls so like us making two to three calls like it wasn't that big of a deal like so like i I can't speak to like their the unorganized side of them so honestly like we kind of didn't really know anything about about it behind the scenes i was just Mm kind of like kind of wish i would have known sooner but i mean everything worked out in the end so like i yeah at the end of the day yeah that's same for us It, it worked out in the end um it was uh, it was a cool experience, and like we, I mean, we we're the last panel of the day on the last day of the con, so like it was like a decent turnout and, and whatnot. And but like it was, it, that was like what I needed to to be like, hey, you know what? Like we, when I I found out that we were accepted a week beforehand, so while I was dealing with all like trying to figure out what we were gonna do with that, I was like, hey, why not like apply to Wizard World too? Uh, which was two weeks out from there. Yeah. And, um, and they were, I don't know why they were still accepting applications. Um, but they were, so we, we applied to do the same exact panel, uh, there, which was about the 10, like 10 years of Marvel. And, and like the, that like was like last year I said, I want to find a way to get into doing cons and like wizard world specifically. Cause that's like the big Philadelphia con. And that, like, it, it's, it blows my mind that they said yes to us because, like, again, that's, like, Greater Oaks, I get. Because after being there, like, it doesn't seem like a place that's, you know, they didn't reject any panels. So it, so it seems like it's a place that you can kind of easily get into um, because they're more, like, indie than they are mainstream. Uh, like, I, I imagine the people that are running it are probably local the greater Philadelphia guys versus wizard world, you know, is an, I think an LA based company, uh, that does a touring convention. Same thing with Keystone is, I guess read pop is kind of turning into like a touring convention and, and making like uh, instead of having the wizard world brand, they're just having like a, um, 
like a city specific brand, but it's the same con over and over again. Uh, Makes sense. Yeah. So, so have Wizard World, like, have you done, I I assume you've been to Wizard World, but have you done panels at Wizard World before? I have not been to Wizard World and we actually got offered a chance to, to do press for Wizard World this year. Mm. And we had already committed to doing a music fest, so uh, I missed out on it. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm not gonna say that I I made the wrong choice because no. like obviously a lot of the the culture that we deal with is spotlighting independence, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we got to to spotlight and meet a whole bunch of new independents, and a tour came out of it. So you know, it was yeah. it was great. Yeah. No, and now again, uh, Wizard World I think has changed. So it's so I went to Wizard World this year, obviously, and I only went I only went for the day that that my panel was scheduled. I we we just had too much going on in my life to go for the whole weekend. Um, But walking around that Friday is when our panel was. Um, They completely went back to like the from like I think the first year I went was like two thousand and five or two thousand six. And it reverted back to that, which is actually like a, a Philly, uh, Greater Oaks Philly Comic Con uh, feel, where like you could walk, you you walked in, it was Artist Alley, the celebrities were kind of in the center of the room, uh, but you could walk, like not one celebrity was uh, was like roped off. You could easily get to any of them, uh, or not like I mean, you still needed like tickets to get you know, the special photo ops and, 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 and whatnot. And you had to stand in line to get the, the autographs. But like I said, the last time I went, it was like, Hey, you need like a special VIP pass to get beyond this point to even walk past the celebrities, let alone, uh, get autographs and whatnot. But this year it felt really good. It felt really like, it felt like greater Oaks. Um, it felt more like an independent run comic-con. Hmm. Um, and it was. I would say, you know what? The only thing I would have done differently it wasn't Artist Alley that you first walked into. It was a bunch of like exhibitors and vendors that that you walked into first, um, and then it was Artist Alley. And then if I mean, to they were all on one side, celebrities on the other side. So uh, I think I would have reversed it. Have a, I would have had the vendors in the back and had Artist Alley up front. Um, for the you know same reasons that you mentioned earlier is just is the that indie, indie spotlight because there was only now and maybe I just don't recognize a lot of names but there was only maybe like ten to fifteen names that like I recognized from like you know pop culture like Greg Capullo was there mm-hmm. um, he wasn't there Friday but his table was set up uh, and it was weird that he was like halfway back and not not in Artist Alley like not in the front of Artist Alley. Yeah, that's what I found is weird, and I don't think that it. I don't think Wizard World's the only one that does that because when we went and did it, uh, did New York Comic Con last year, the way that their artist alley is set up is that they just go by alpha, like that. It's not about talent; it's about oh. wherever you line up in the alphabet. So you could have one person right like right here that has worked on a Batman book and then one person right here that does Batman art. Um, and there was a friend of mine, uh, our, our artist actually, our in-house artist, uh, she lives out in Illinois and she does, this will be the second year she's done it, but last year she did Superman Celebration, which is like a mini convention celebrating Superman. Mm-hmm. 
and she's like i mean she's never really she's never worked on a book or anything but you know she has a following and but she was telling me that two tables down from her was amanda connor and jimmy palmati Oh wow! So yeah, it's like it, you know these these conventions like everyone does them differently. So there yeah. there's a rhyme or reason, and I think New York is my favorite that I've experienced in that way, because if I'm looking for a specific artist, like a couple years ago, I was looking for first time I ever went, I was looking for Francis Manipal and uh, Brian. I cannot remember the guy's name, but he they they both worked on the first like 25 issues of maybe 30 issues actually of the flash new 52. Mm-hmm. And I went to, that was like, I wanted to go there to see them. Cause I just like got into the flash and I was like, mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, this is amazing. Yeah. I, I, I would have, I, I really wanted to go back to his world on, on over the weekend to meet, to uh, meet Greg Capullo because he, uh, it, I love like I was not a DC guy until the New Fifty Two, and very specifically the Scott Snyder Capullo run on Batman New Fifty Two. Um, and I don't think I read at the time. I was you know because we uh, our parent website thatentertains.com, We we uh, review DC books now. Um, so but back then I wasn't reviewing them and, and I had to pay for everything. So I, I, w- I was very limited on what I could read. Um, and, and I was a Marvel guy. So I, a lot of my money went to Marvel or to like image. And then DC was the, the I was like, you know what? The new 52, I'm going to get into to Batman. And I don't know if, did you read any of the, the Batman Scott, Scott Snyder stuff? Oh yes, over <laughs> well, and over again. Well, then you'll know. And I've only read the run, like, and I, I didn't read. I have never finished the run because I stopped. I got, uh, I had a kid, and I got uh, into the habit of going to the comic book store and just buying forty dollars for the comics weekly. And I was like, I can't do this anymore, so I just stopped going. Um, so I, I still, Makes sense. I still need to catch up on, like, finish their their run on Batman, but. Uh, to this day, my favorite issue of any comic book, I don't think anyone's ever done anything as good or better is issue five of their quarter owl, uh, run, uh, where, where you're reading it and then suddenly like it's, you think there's a misprint in the comic because everything's upside down. Uh, and then you turn the page and then everything's like on its side and you have to keep rotating your book to read this, this, uh, this, this issue where Batman is in this maze underground and he, and he's just like losing his mind. It is the, it, the, the, the issue is so good. I have two copies of it and I don't buy, I don't wow. buy two issues of copies. And I, and I originally had bought two copies cause I was going to give one away on, on one of the podcasts I was running at the time, but uh, I ended up just keeping it. I, I have two copies bagged and boarded and uh, had, had I had uh, more time, I would have, I would have dug one of them out and brought it to, brought it to me uh, to Wizard world over the weekend and had uh, Capullo sign it. Um, but I, I mean, I think, like Capullo was the first guy that got me to like really look at art and like really like appreciate art. Uh, cause I'm more of a, 
like story written you know, and word guy and i still am like and i still you know look more to like scott snyder and hope larson and and, and you know writers like that um versus the artists but i, I still try to find an appreciation for of, in the art and 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 usually for me because i've never cared about art before like the guy to look at is capullo because i just think he's incredible I I will say that and but DC's DC over the last years especially since rebirth have mm. has definitely gravitated towards more uh, attracting these like in-house like legitimate great artists mm-hmm. and um to to you know bring up uh Manna Connor again and uh Jimmy Palamati their run on while everyone else is like in love with Batman my favorite book to still read is Harley Quinn I love Harley Quinn. And I've heard a lot of good things. Their run on it is incredible. And the guy that, that took over for them, um, Frank Thierry, is a fantastic writer. And yeah. so like now, like uh, Frank Quietly, who um, is doing the art on uh, Doomsday Clock, mm-hmm. another fantastic artist. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, DC has a whole bunch of them. Uh, I, Ivan Reese, who did a run with on the Justice League, just did. Uh, he was on Bendez's debut book with uh, Man of Steel. Um, uh, Jim Lee is probably one of the most recognizable yeah. talents DC has to offer when it comes to art. Uh, yeah. Brett Booth, if you don't know who Brett Booth is, his run on like The Flash and my wife doesn't read comics anymore but when she was reading them she was following teen titans and he was on teen titans and Mm -hmm. his art just glows Mm. so much yeah i um i have not i think for fear of uh having too much to read i have not picked up um uh the flash or teen titans or any like i've i've gravitated towards the bat family um simply because like the hope larson's batman uh, batgirl run is phenomenal it's i still have to read the final her final issue um but i have like i haven't been able to to like sit down and read it uh and really give it the time that it needs uh because like i just i don't want it to end like i really um her her run on batgirl really does feel like a CW show. I, I've said this numerous times and like I've like I, on Twitter, I've begged and pleaded to have like the CW just bring her on as a writer, director or something. And if they're not going to give Batgirl her own series, which I know they're not because they're working on a movie, but like introduce, like there's no reason in, in my mind that you can't. And obviously again, they're not going to because Batwoman's going to be on it, but like I would love to have Batgirl and Supergirl interact with one another. Like, the the first Batgirl uh, annual uh, with with their with the story with her and, and Supergirl like it to me it just it read like an episode of Supergirl and I so badly wanted that to be a thing that happened. Now you're talking about the if I because if I remember correctly you're talking about like the you're talking about the newer stuff with yes. Rebirth. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's, it's it was it started. Uh, yeah. Uh, rebirth and and now i guess they just quietly removed that banner um since then but yeah yeah so hope larson uh has it started um it, it, they i think uh right now 
I think I guess in June they'll release issue 24, but issue 23 was the last issue uh, of Hope Larson's um, Batgirl run, which started in 2016 with Rebirth. Because I I followed, I've I followed little bits of where the Batgirl arc went. So like I read the first two books in the New 52, and I own the fourth volume. But, like, I kind of rested after a while, and then when they introduced the Burnside arc of it, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the Burnside arc because it was just a different take on it. It was, the, yeah. like, this lighter, yes. fluffier, like, CW, like you're talking about, yes. version of it. And I was um, – the the team that worked on that went over to Boom and actually got a chance to write a six-issue miniseries for – Kimberly Hart of uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Oh, neat, 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 neat. Series called Pink. Oh, I remember. I, I never read it, but I do remember that. Yeah, it was so awful. Oh. <laughs> it had such a strong opening, and it, oh my goodness, it just, it derailed by, like, issue, like, three. It just got so oh. weird. That's a shame. That's a shame. But, yeah, no, the Batgirl stuff, is especially, you know, specifically, I, I've never read Batgirl before, um, before hope the, the the rebirth stuff with hope larson um i started reading it because for a while i was writing for a uh a batman website and um they didn't have many issues available that were because they because i wasn't allowed to read or, or review anything outside of the bat family uh so a lot of the titles were, were taken already and I, so batgirl was one of the few that was available and i was like all right well like you know why like we're living in an age where, like, this, like, I mean, Supergirl's on TV, you know, there's more and more, you know, female, strong female-driven uh, things, so, like, there's 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 a world where this is going to be good, and it was, it was so good. Like, it, it, I think the, I forget who the original artist was on, uh, on that with Hope Larson, and it was, his, his art was a little weird, and, and it was, and I think what it was, it was, is it, it was a little... Like, and I don't want to like not cartoonish in in like it's hard to explain, but it was it was the way it was done. It, it didn't feel like it meshed right. And then the next guy, um, Chris Wildgoose, who worked on it for a real long time, uh, he his like slow like it morphed into what it, what almost looks every artist has like copied since then since his run on it. And it is, it just, everything, like, like we've said, it fits into the CW world. Like it's bright, it's poppy. It's, it's, uh, got the, the drama that a CW show has. Um, it's, I mean, the only thing it's missing is shirtless boys really is, uh, other than that, it's a CW show and and it's, it's so, so like it's to the, and I'm right now I'm reading that and that and Batman um, and uh, as like the two main bat titles and I I honestly prefer Batgirl right now like it's not nothing against Tom King's run whoa, um, whoa. <laughs> well okay so I assume you're reading the the Batman run I I so I I started off when rebirth started I followed it for a couple issues and then my mom got me the complete first art for Christmas okay that year and I was like why am I not reading this and then I started picking up other books and I slowly started coming back to it and I was just in my comic book store one day I was like why am I I'm not reading Batman and I picked up the 
I picked up issue 44 where Booster Gold comes to create that point. Okay. So, uh, oh my God, that I have, are you caught up? I, I am at issue 46. So like I'll get 47 and 48 this, this upcoming Wednesday when they come out. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, but I'll tell you, I, I reading Batman, Tom King's run on Batman. I've been on board since issue one of Rebirth. I, I've loved everything. And, and I, I binge So, like, when I started reviewing it, I couldn't just start reviewing it from the, like, reading from the issue that I, I, I was assigned. I had to go back from the beginning of, of Rebirth and binge it. Um, and so I went and I binged all the issues. And maybe this is part of the issue, but I loved everything until that Booster Gold issue. I, I, I read it really? and I was like... Uh, yeah, it, I read it. I was like, "Huh, this is a big old like." For me, and 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 I still like. I think I like gave it a seven out of ten. Like I still enjoyed it enough, and like the, the, like the concepts are good, uh, but like it, it felt like a big derailment to me. And um, it, I still think that it had like a really good concept, but um, I just i i couldn't get i i couldn't get behind it even. And I still, I think I still have to I think f- is 47 the, I think 47 is the last issue in that, in that little mini arc there. Um, I, I think so. Cause like, I think 48 starts the arc towards the wedding. Yes. Yes. So I still have to officially write my review for 47. Cause I've just, I, I f- fell behind on all my reviews cause of my day job. But, uh, the, it, I, I want to say I, I I just it was not me like those three issues or three or four issues, <clears throat> it it felt really wonky and 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 maybe that was the purpose of it and and maybe it was and and I I know a lot of people enjoy it like a lot of people enjoy it I think I'm in the in the minority I know I'm in the minority like I know I'm not I'm probably not even right but it's just. And it, like I said, it may be because I binged read everything and, and in a matter of like two weeks uh, and, the, and then started reading like issue by issue with issue like 44 or no, no, 44 is the start. Probably issue 40 is when I started reading issue by issue. Um, I, I don't know. I, I wanted, I wanted to love it. I really did. But I, I, I didn't hate it. it. It just was not my cup of tea. Well, that's the way I felt like about. Uh, I've loved it so far. So, like, I've read the first two arcs, and I'm getting ready this week to pick up the third issue. And then, like, so, like, I'm kind of reading, like, out of linear context. Like, I I know stuff that happens, and I'm sure that, you know, future issues will prepare me for what happens in the past. But but I also read the button, too, so I guess Mm. throw that in there. But that's Mm. how I felt about uh, Frank Thierry coming on to Harley Quinn. I was really hesitant about it because I had never read anything from him. And like Jimmy Palamati and Amanda Connor had set the bar so high for my love of Harley Quinn that when I, when I got their first volume um, in trade paperback, I had never read it before blew through it in two hours. Like I fell in love and his run on it. Like he just took, some of like the most obs- he stretched to like the furthest reaches of the most 
like the darkest corners of the DC universe and reinvented these characters from like 50s and 60s that are probably like F level villains and brought them into mainstream and like just recreated it. And I think that that was one of the things that I really appreciated about uh, Tom King's run on Batman was that he was taking that he's taking these villains that are in the rogue gallery but aren't really getting the that haven't really been a mainstay for quite some time because Tom King when you look at his run or not Tom King uh, Scott Snyder you look at his run they introduce the uh, Court of the Owls then they introduced the Joker then they had a prequel year of Red Hood Gang and the Riddler and then they brought the Joker back and they kind of like quietly closed out that run. I mean, that's in a nutshell pretty much how they handled it. So like, you know, I I applaud them for like, you know, they went after a lot of mainstream, whereas Tom King is really kind of pulled back and he's really kind of gone after the Baines and Amanda Waller and Catwoman. And I really loved that aspect. Even Psycho Pirate. I loved the fact that they brought him in. I, I, I really like, like it's as silly as the character is like kite man. I've really enjoyed. Yes. And, and I really like what he did, um, with like how he made like that silly character. Like there's a whole issue where I don't know if you read it, but like the whole issue about kite man, basically where like you actually kind of feel for kite man. Like (laughs) it's, 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 it's such a good issue and I re- like really really enjoyed it and I, and it's like it was an issue that that I um was before I started reviewing it so I didn't get a chance to review it cuz you know it was happened like years like months in the past at the very least and uh but, but it was like a solid 10 out of 10 comic like I really really enjoyed that one um and uh you know Frank uh I'm terrible with his last name Frank Thierry that's how I say it okay I <laughs> The only work I've read from him, and I haven't read any of his Harley Quinn stuff yet. I, w- I want to. I just I just need to find time to to get on board with it. Um, and and uh, because I'm a because uh, I have OCD, I'll start with the previous run and 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 binge it. But um, he I, I dark um, metal the uh, the the metal. Uh, yes, he did event. Do, he did do that. I forgot about that. He was in one of the issues. Um, he had like one of the character issues yeah, he, and then I think he also happened to be on like one of the, um, external issues as well. He, I, he did, um, for sure two of the, the dark Knights. He did, um, the, the devastator and the murder machine. And yeah. here's like, he's a guy who, who is, is like, Scott Snyder level good to me. And, and again, like Scott Snyder is like a, one of the bars I have for, for writers and comics. Um, and his like out of all, I want to say out of all, all the, I guess they did seven of the, the, um, the, the dark Knight solo books. Uh, I want to say his and maybe, um, the Batman Who Laughs uh, book, those three, I think were the only ones that I was like, I gave 10 out of 10s on. Um, it, the issue I had a lot with a lot of, and I don't, I don't know if you read the, the read any of the side um, issues I, with. I did. You know, I read the entire 26 okay. arc. 
Okay. So so for me, like a lot, like an issue I had with the the Red Death issue was that I didn't understand any of the motivation behind why evil Bruce Wayne, who becomes the the a uh, 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 hybrid of of Batman and the Flash, like I don't understand why he went psycho and and killed the Flash <clears throat> at all. Like it. It was actually that may have been one of the ones that I I, I, I uh, rated the the worst, and again I, that was probably, I think the worst I've ever given the comic is a seven. So um, it's not like I hate the thing, but like I, I did not understand it. But uh, both the Devastator and the Murder Machine things happen to Bruce Wayne in in those alternate Earths uh, that I understand why he that's the path he could take to become an evil batman uh and and i think frank uh teary just did he's such a great like him and i forget who who um whoever wrote uh the um wait is one of those the who's the devastator that's devastator i don't know off the top of my head that was that the superman one Devastator was the Superman one because he uh, inhaled the Doomsday virus. Yes, and then and the Murder Machine was Cyborg. So those two were good. And then uh, re- reading the Green Lantern one, uh, Dawnbreaker. I, Dawnbreaker. That one, like I read that the first time, I wasn't a huge fan, but like I read it a second or second or third time, and I became a huge fan of it. And I don't know. I just I I needed those those characters, those evil Batman, to have a reason to be evil. And Frank Thierry gave his two books reasons for them to be evil, and I really loved it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna actually gonna jump in and and tell you why the motivation behind the Red Death is what it is. It's it's the same motivation of the Reverse Flash and Zoom and Godspeed. Well, I can't speak for godspeed because you know I, i've read that but that that arc yet but essentially like in the flash mythos like for some reason this is my theory is that batman bruce wayne and that universe experienced the speed force so in experiencing the speed force he saw this power that he could have and it essentially broke him the way that the joker got broken out of axe uh, ace chemicals Mm-hmm. and the reason that he kills the Flash is for the power. So that's the reason that if you have ever read um, any of the Flash, like Flash Rebirth, uh, the actual Rebirth from Jeff Johns years ago is a great example of that because it showcases that you know Thawne wanted his speed so that he could be the best. Yeah, I, I I guess maybe if and I, I'm a Flash TV fan, but I've never read the comics. So I guess if I was more if I was deeper in the Flash mythos, maybe that book would have made more sense. Um, I, I like did they touch on the fact that like Bruce Wayne, Batman in that universe had experienced the Speed Force? Like was that mentioned? He like all right. So like from what I remember, because I it's been a couple months and I've yeah. read a lot since then. Yeah. Um. But from what I remember, was there's a moment between Bruce and Barry where Bruce is trying to convince him to go back in time to save his mom mm-hmm. to, to 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 the alley, and that's essentially kind of how what I remember. Yeah. I. 
I, I do. I should go back and reread it because I mean that metal event was pretty. Like I really enjoyed the metal event. Um, I it was. I'm not a big event guy because it, it, it just involves reading so much usually. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really I, the last one I remember really liking was the original civil war back in tw- 2006 and, and metal just captured my imagination so much. And maybe it's because I'm more of a DC guy now. Like I just enjoy <laughs> reading DC books. Um, it, I really enjoyed that whole, that whole uh, crossover event with metal. And I'm like, uh, I guess I don't have the full picture of what like the next thing is with, no justice and 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 the the new justice leagues but um i'm excited to see what they're going to do with it i i enjoyed like uh i i'm i'm halfway through no justice right now and yeah so it's 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 been a good run for for what it is yeah like i don't know like to me like i I'm a Justice League guy, but I prefer reading Justice League more in the trades than I do in mm-hmm. like issue by issue. Like right now, I am following the Shattered Grid Power Ranger titles, mm-hmm. Harley Quinn and Batman and Doomsday Clock whenever they release it. But like those are like my four like go tos right now. Like everything else, if I want to read it, it's like I'll wait till the trade comes out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you have to make those decisions if uh, you know with with if you're going to read so many titles, like it just it gets too expensive otherwise. Um, yeah. But yeah, no justice. My no, ju- I enjoyed no justice uh, one, but I, I felt like it was like it was a lot of setup and and very like very little payoff. I think even like I, I mean I guess the end was kind of neat, but. Uh, no justice two definitely I think was better. Um, and, and cause there was a lot more action and, and it started to make sense. Uh, cause I like the idea of, of taking the teams and like just screwing with them and, and putting in these different combination of heroes that we maybe have never seen before. Um, so I do, I, I, I I'm hoping that I, I've, I've committed to myself, uh, to, to drink a bunch of coffee tonight and finish reading no justice tonight and, and writing my reviews for him. Uh, so, um, we'll see if that actually happens or not, but, um, so before, cause it's, uh, we started late, we're getting up to our hour here. So before I officially let you go, um, uh, we've kind of, we've covered victims and villains and, and, and I guess we remind people what, what victims and villains is. Cause I don't think, I think we've alluded to, to what your podcast is about, but I don't think we've actually since the last, since a year ago officially said, uh, what, what your podcast is about. So victims and villains is the marriage between pop culture and suicide prevention. We talk all things in the world of pop culture, be it video games, music, movies, or comics and we do it with the heart to let people know that there is a better way and we use our resources and our talents to provide those better ways for you guys and and before we get into your final plugs um about where they can find the show and and your festival show uh the i was i did go over just the very basic notes i had from our last conversation um so since our last conversation not only has uh i think wonder woman had had already been out but only for a couple weeks uh so we've had we've had that uh and we've had justice league uh, in the DC world. And, and you and I had a conversation about Batman versus Superman. So, 
Uh, I think we can all like skip over Wonder Woman. We know it was great. Uh, what were your thoughts on on Justice League? <laughs> Justice League was uh, Justice League to me. I feel like was the I would compare it to Last Jedi. It could have been great, but it wasn't. And yeah. I would say that the parts that made it great could have made it great were minimized and the parts that could have been that should have been minimized uh were maximized so like with uh the justice league movie i felt like in the beginning of the setup i wanted to be more invested into the arthur and uh Vic character with mm. Aquaman and Cyborg, but in the end, like I'm, I'm learning about, uh, the why. Well, why am I learning about the how Martha and Lois is, is mm-hmm. you know, dealing with Clark's death, and why do I care about a Russian family? Like to me, mm. like I, 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 and and I think the reason that I am severely kind of pissed about it is I heard about all the great things and you're like we, we've heard about all these great things that Zack Snyder has envisioned for that film and what it should have been and what we got was just a subpar movie with great actors yeah it's uh I, I think the benefit I had is um I I was not a fan of Batman versus Superman I've uh, that's been very vocal um and and I and I I guess really I mean that's not fair to say either because I I didn't go see it in the theater because I didn't think it looked good and I, I'm not a huge fan of Snyder's take on <clears throat> on the DC universe but uh, I did I mean when I eventually did see Batman vs Superman it was on HBO and with zero expectations and I was six so I decided to watch it and it was it wasn't as bad as I had built it up in my head. But that being said, like going into Justice League, I was I was like prepared. It helped that I had movie like that was my first movie pass movie. Uh, so I like it was like I'm basically seeing this for free at this point. Uh, and um, it was the super low expectations. Like I walked into that movie and I walked out saying. I had an okay time. Like it wasn't Avengers. It wasn't Avengers good at all, but it was still like, it's, it's going to be a movie that I just, I forget about at some point, but it wasn't like, I didn't hate it. I also didn't love it. It was one of those movies. Like for, uh, the, the, I, the last Jedi uh, comparison for me is a bad, because I, lo- I enjoyed the last Jedi. It's a movie that like, for me, um, it generated so much discussion that like, it was, a, to me, it was a good movie. And, and, and specifically because like there was people that didn't like it and I was able to have conversations about it, but, uh, justice league is just, it was a movie that happened. Uh, I got great little moments, like you've said, uh, and, and really like, I just, I could watch Gail Godot and, and, and Ben Affleck be those characters all day long and be happy. Yeah. Like I, I, I didn't walk out like disappointed. I mean, I kind of did, but like I was still, I was still entertained at the end of the day, yes. and that's that's what a movie is supposed to do. Yes. A movie is supposed to either make you laugh, make you cry, make you feel something. You should you should never walk out of a movie the same way you walked in with the movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and and 
but but I think to that like to to kind of counter your 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 point on on Justice League doing that like I I just I for me like I want a movie to do all those things but I also want it to like to if it's going to be a really good movie and 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 mean something like it should. I couldn't tell you anything about that movie except for the fact that like it did make me look forward to seeing Aquaman in a movie. Like I like I really liked his performance um, as Aquaman. I, I I I'm baffled by the decision not to have Grant Gustin play the Flash because the the from what Snyder said, oh we're going a different direction. But to me, Ezra Ezra Miller's Flash was not serious and was was just as goofy as as Grant Gustin's Flash. Um, but I enjoyed Ezra Miller. I thought he did a great take on the Flash. Uh, all the characters were great. All the actors are great. But like, I can't really tell you much about the movie except that they they got together and they were a team of justice. Yeah, and the thing that you know has now come out since it was that we were supposed to be getting a Dark Side cameo, and to mm. me, like, if you wanted to. See, it's like, and that's the thing too is that you know, spoiler alert: the the post credit scene builds up for the Injustice League or the Legion of Doom, mm-hmm. and I felt like if that was the end goal right there, what was the point of having Steppenwolf be the villain? Because essentially, mindset wise, is you have Steppenwolf setting up for Dark Side, similar to the way that yeah. the Chitari and Loki were setting up for Thanos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's um, I, while I'm not a fan of Snyder, uh, and I, I I am a a bigger fan of Whedon. I do think that there was a a, a misstep in the way they handled um, that movie, and and uh, what whether it was truly because uh, Snyder had to walk away because of you know having to deal with family issues or if if it was more of a DC and Warner Brothers saying we we want to go a different direction um, I don't know I, I feel like there could have been a better I mean I, I feel like solo is suffering and 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 not so much uh, quality of film wise but I think you know, there's there was such a everyone knew that Justice League, just like everyone knew that Solo, there was this big controversy over the directors, um, and uh, I think that you know for both films it, it probably hurt it in, in just like buzz, yeah, yeah, but also for at least I think Justice League more so than Solo, it hurt it. Quality wise, I as much as I'd rather see a Whedon Justice League, uh, we didn't get that. We didn't quite get a Snyder Justice League. We got some sort of weird concoction of both, and I I think we should have probably just gotten the Snyder Justice League. I think that would have made the most, especially. I mean, that's what this whole world was building towards. You know, uh, I I don't think there's any way that you could say, "Hey, Josh, Josh Whedon," without reshooting this entire film save this movie and 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 again i'm using that term as a whedon fan i'm sure uh a lot of snyder fans would say he ruined the movie but um i i yeah it just was a i think a gross misstep to say let's try to make some sort of you know try to lighten this up and make it more avengers yeah and i feel like now that they've just kind of overstretched themselves because you know since we've we um 
in the last year as a podcast, we've kind of uh, gone from, you know, discussing multiple different things to kind of like having like one base subject. And we were covering like these news stories a lot. uh, There was so much news stories that we were covering in 2017 that were this director just got hired for this movie. And it was like, there was, but I think by the end of last year, they had announced a Batgirl movie, a Nightwing movie, a birds of prey movie, possible Gotham city sirens movie, um, suicide squad to Aquaman, wonder woman to, justice league part two like they had just announced like all of these things but like didn't really have a clear vision and even now like they don't really seems like don't really have a clear vision because haven't heard any news about nightwing uh batgirl has lost its director uh gotham city sirens is now going to feature catwoman it's not going to feature catwoman anymore so like i i just don't think that they have a clear vision past uh this this world of these these three movies that they're already having in production with aquaman being finished uh shazam and then wonder woman the wonder woman sequel like we don't even know what's going on with this ben affleck movie like which really bugs me because i love matt reeves and i really want to see a batman matt reeves yeah, well, I think we're still going to get that movie. I think the the bigger question is 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 it going to be Affleck? And mm-hmm. I, I I think I the, the the biggest issue is obviously Warner Brothers and DC felt like they were behind, uh, and they rushed to get their team together. Uh, they, and I think they they didn't necessarily have a guy like uh like Kevin uh, Feige Feige I don't know how you pronounce his last name, but but the 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 movie version of Stan Lee Kev they they didn't have a guy like him. I think they were trying to make Snyder that guy, but I don't. I think there was also like there there was other people kind of still pulling the strings, and then it like have that one guy to help shape what they were doing and that's i think the big issue one of the big issues uh, and i think at this point like they need to like all right aquaman is going to be somehow tied to the rest of the movie verse i'm sure because that was in the middle of production and and filming when when justice league was was in the process of failing so i, I think that just shazam's an easy movie i think to just like play outside of that whole world uh wonder woman 2 because it's a period piece and and should i think the wonder woman series should always be a period piece it's pretty easy for that to operate outside of the world of the universe so i think they're like once aquaman comes out like they can start just going back to they did a really good job at doing standalone movies that that didn't intertwine and i think that there's a world where if you still want to do Justice League movies and still have these characters interact with each other, I think there's a way to do that and not do it the Marvel way, but also not do it the 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 hastened way that they that they've done it. I think you can just kind of do movies like Wonder Woman and still have little tiny references to the rest of the world, and then eventually they meet for Justice League. Well, I think that too, like you're talking about, like they there needs to be a Kevin Feige, and I think that when Jeff Johns 
was stepping into the the world of you know being more into film he's the perfect guy to do it because he's been writing these comics for 20 years yeah. you know he's done teen titans he has done the green lantern course he, he's done blackest night he has done the dark side war he has done a incredible run on justice league and the flash and he is he knows these characters and he's done batman as well so like he would be the perfect guy to do that like granted yes that would take him away from writing the comics but i mean at the same time like I would I would like to have more experiences like Wonder Woman yeah. when I go see a DC film. Like, yeah, and and it's and it's nuts that and I guess to be fair, we haven't had in what I, what the DCEU is, we haven't had a solo Batman film yet. Like that the Nolan stuff is outside of the DCEU. Um but but since like the kickoff with Man of Steel, you know, we've had we've had super we've had, every movie has had some sort of controversy except for this solo Wonder Woman uh, Wonder Woman movie. I would really like to see a solo Batman movie, and and I would even like to see a solo ba- uh, Superman movie, but not that's not like Superman's been really dark and gritty, and I don't think that's the Superman we want. At least I don't want, and it's definitely I don't think the Superman we need in in uh in 2018 when when uh the world's kind of shitty right now you know like i think that the whole purpose of having uh superman is to to make the world feel less shitty uh and less dark and less gritty yeah and i mean i didn't mind man of steel and again when i was here last year like i didn't mind also Batman versus Superman I enjoyed it for what it like I still still to this day like it I I very much enjoyed it I defend it still on <laughs> on our show and in conventions and uh to fellow nerds but to me like I have appreciated everything that they have done now Suicide Squad and 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 Justice <laughs> and and Justice League uh you know that Eh, entertaining i mean yes like they but could have just been they still were like sloppy and still could have been better and i think that that's the the one thing that i would have wanted to see and i think that you know instead of you know this is the thing that i i don't understand about justice league was if we have you know understudies for like directors like first and second units or assistant directors why are they not filling in and bringing the original vision to life yeah i mean that's a that's a good point too it it, it, suicide squad is a whole nother thing because i i still have yet to watch that movie i i I just i can't bring myself to do it it's it's, you're not missing much (laughs) yeah I, i i i tried i fell asleep maybe one day i will make myself do it but um yeah, Justice League. I, you're right. Yeah, I, I think they just they should have kept. You committed to something. You, 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 this is what, like, I think that's Warner Brothers' big big problem is that they rushed to 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 not necessarily beat, but to meet Marvel at what they were doing in the movie world, 
uh, and then they they and they were doing it in a different way. It may not have been the way I enjoyed necessarily, but they were doing it in a different way, and and they should have committed to that uh, that move and let it play it out because. You know what? Either way, even if it was a disaster, like you're in the same boat now. Like either way, you would have been in the same boat. Um, I, I think. I don't think there's any way you could have you could have injected another director, Josh Josh Whedon or anyone else, uh, and had it be successful. But you probably had a shot at being successful with Justice League with just having Snyder's vision, and and I think they blew it. Yeah, and I mean it. They did. I mean, long story short, they 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 blew it. Like I, I was still entertained, but mm. there's a lot about that film that I would you know would have liked to see differently. Like, to me, like I would dare to put, I would dare to put Justice League and Suicide Squad in the same same category as Batman and Robin. Like, <laughs> well, Suicide Suicide Squad probably for sure. Uh, <laughs> like I, I would say that I, they're not a, they're not a first movie, but like once every few years, like they're still entertaining. Yeah, I would I would still watch them. So I don't know that I, I would. I mean, eventually I'll watch Suicide Squad, so I can just say like, at least I could back up why I hate it. Because uh, I can't say that I hate it, I just I can't I, I can't watch it. But like, ju- and uh, for me, Justice League, like I will watch that. If you had to, if you put a gun to my head and said, "Watch Justice League or Batman versus Superman," I'm gonna watch Justice League all day, because to me, that's I feel like Justice League is the better movie. Uh, but I also think that, like I said, I, w- I went into that movie with a completely different mindset. I was actually the previews actually sold that movie I think better than than the Batman versus Superman previews. Plus. For me, it, it, it I guess the the Whedon effect did have a positive thing because it wasn't just all dark and and moody. And I really liked. I again, I think the only thing I really didn't like of that movie was the Superman stuff. Like I think I, I and from what I understand, the Superman stuff is what what Whedon had his hand in a lot. Uh, the, like the new Superman stuff that was in there. So I, I, I there's just um. For me, Justice League, like I will watch. Like if I happen to have like stumble upon it, I'll buy it on DVD eventually, and 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 I'll watch it. Like I'll willingly watch Justice League and smile doing it. I will. I don't know if I'll ever buy Batman vs Superman. I like to say that I I try to buy all the comic book movies to support them, but I I don't know that I'll ever actually sit down and watch it. So I don't know that I would. Like I even I think I would turn it off if it was on TV. Like, wow. And it's raining. I like it just. Again, I watch it, when I did watch it. I didn't hate it as much as I thought I was going to, to hate it, but I just don't know that I like I. As a guy who doesn't like Man of Steel, I'd I'd rather watch Man of Steel than Batman vs Superman. Um, I I I think the only movie that I would not watch before is Suicide Squad. Honestly, like out of the DC movies, I I, I no. <laughs> nope. I, I I disagree. Like I, I think the only reason I, I don't watch uh Batman versus Superman as much as I love it is I just can't commit to like 'cause if I'm gonna watch it, I'm gonna watch the ultimate cut. So I can't like I can't commit to uh a three hour movie every time I wanna sit down. Like I would watch Watchmen more if I could sit down and and yeah. do that. Like Watchmen's right up there with some of my favorite movies, but I just I don't know. Like it's it's good like once once a year, 
maybe every other year. And, and you know what? Maybe I need to give that that extended viewing a watch and 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 judge it on that versus the uh, versus just the the original theater cut that I watched on HBO. But yeah, now I, I I would willingly watch Justice League once a year and and even probably more. Like if it happened to be on and there was nothing else, it's it's to me Justice League is uh, a like it's truly. Like it's it's a comic book come to life, uh, and I think, uh, like I said, I think Avengers is that as well, but it just does it better um, than than uh, Justice League does. So, uh, I don't know. It's that's fair. Yeah, it's it's, and I think that's like, like, I think I would probably like let my yeah, maybe when he's like seven or eight, I'll let my kid watch Justice League. I, I, I still th- I think a six year old might be a little young for that one still, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, DC needs to do better at movies. They need to be more. They they all need to be like Wonder Woman. I think Patty Jenkins should be in charge. Yeah, no. <laughs> I would like all to right. see other voices in there. Um. Yeah. No. I, yeah. I. I. I think. Um. I don't know. I. I. I really don't know what DC can do to like really sell. I. I. I agree. Here's where I think DC and and we can kind of leave it on this note. I think DC should be now and Warner Brothers should now be the studio. If they really want to set themselves apart, be the studio that takes what some people, I don't think, I don't think so. I, I love comic book movies. I'm not fatigued by it, but there's definitely people that are fatigued by superhero movies. There are definitely people who have an issue with the way Marvel does things because they all kind of feel like the same movie and, and, and they have, a, there's a cookie cutter way to make these movies be the theater or be the, the, the company, the, the studio that breaks that mold and, and tell interesting stories in different genres. Like take those characters. Like I, and, and obviously this isn't DC doing it or Warner brothers, but I really like the idea of them taking uh, a superhero story with the new mutants and putting it in a horror context. Like that seems so crazy bonkers. Good. Like take Batman and, Stop doing action movies with them. Do an actual noir detective movie. Do it low budget so you don't have to, you know, worry about losing money. Do something like that. Like just do these do movies in different genres than just the generic comic book action and and I think they could find success doing that because it would be something different that the audience hasn't seen yet. They are way ahead of you because uh, back in April, it was announced Steven Spielberg's next project is going to be Black Hawk, which is a DC-based property that is essentially like a comic book version of Saving Private Ryan. I did, you know, what, I did hear, I did hear that, and um, I think that's, I think that's great, and uh, but I think I, I'd also like to see them do that, and I know New Mutants as, necessarily isn't maybe mainstream. Um, but the fact that it has the word mutants in it, I think is going to, everyone's going to know that it has something to do with X-Men. Um, so I'd like to see, I would like to see DC do that with something more mainstream and it doesn't have to be like one of the big three, but like green lanterns, like that, like the green, like the green lanterns movie, you could totally do like a, like buddy, uh, buddy cop movie or something like that. Like Mm -hmm. you could do something different than just standard like comic book action things go boom um uh, and that would be green lanterns i think is a a good one to to pull from it has a it has like a a mainstream name recognition but you don't have to 
Like, I, I don't think the average moviegoer, they might know who Green Lantern is, but they don't know, like, who Hal Jordan is. They don't know who, um, uh, I'm so blanking on all the rest of the Green Lanterns. Uh, John guy, Stewart, John Stewart. Gardner. Yeah. Like, the, the, those, they don't know who the, the those guys are. Like, the, the Green Lantern's a guy who wears a green suit. That's all they know. Sometimes, and, and I would unfortunately, most of them probably associate with some sort of white guy, but like, have John Stewart and Hal Jordan or John Stewart and Guy Gardner. Like, have like a buddy cop movie feel or have like John Stewart. I, I, I would like a John Stewart Green Lantern movie. I don't want, I, I don't want Hal Jordan. I don't want Guy Gardner. I want John Stewart and have John Stewart and like an alien be a buddy cop, space cops, you know, like, I don't know. I feel like that would be a fun way to do a superhero movie that's not necessarily something that we've seen before. I mean, you might be getting it. So that's that was the idea coming forward. But I don't know. Again, DC doesn't – it doesn't seem like they know what they're doing. So. Yeah. yeah. They, they need – like I said, they need, uh, they need someone, whether it be Jeff Johns or maybe someone else who's not so tightly – uh, still in the comic community, they need somebody that's their their Kevin Feige or Feige or whatever to to just steer that ship. Because uh, I the, the the thing that I don't want to see, the thing that I fear is we see a bad Batman movie, uh, and I don't want to like. I don't want to see a bad Batman movie and we've yet to see a bad take on Batman uh, since, you know, the, the Batman and Robin days. Like, I've, you know, obviously Bale was good. I really love Ben Affleck as Batman. Um, and I, I want to see more of Ben Affleck as Batman and hopefully we get him in Matt Reeves movie. Uh, and it will be, um, it'll be, I, I, and that's the one, like, I'm really looking for out of everything. That's like, is it happening or is it not happening? That's the one I'm looking forward to the most. Cause I, I feel like that, could be like it could still feel like a like a noir detective movie it's just maybe a little bit more big budget yeah and i mean matt reeves is is perfect for that i feel like what he was able to accomplish with the apes movies is phenomenally underrated and he's one of the 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 best storytellers working in the industry today so i'm really excited to see what he would be able to do in the hands of Gotham City and you know Batman, and I would really like to see a Black Mask uh, Batman movie, but apparently Penguin's now the the top choice. So yeah, interesting. And, yeah, and and while like I would like to see like maybe a like a not Danny DeVito take on the penguin, like something that's maybe like more like, I really like Robin Lord Taylor's take on the penguin. So maybe that's something like, and, and I, mind you, I'm a couple seasons behind. So maybe it's, maybe he has it's, gotten super annoying. Oh, really? Interesting. Well, the, the first I, I've watched the first two seasons for sure. And I really liked him in the first two seasons. Um, so if maybe if it's somewhere in the middle of, of those two versions of the penguin we've seen, it could be great. But what I really liked about um, like the, the Nolan Batmans is that the, 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 the villains were not your, it wasn't your mainstream villains. And I, I think making it the penguin, who's a little bit more mainstream and something that we've already seen could be a mistake. And, and, and honestly, also, I don't know, if that character, the penguin fits into a noir story, like maybe I just can't picture it, but 
if if you're gonna go noir detective, I don't know if Penguin's the good foil for that. Um, I don't I, I don't know that I have an answer off the top of my head. Uh, to that that's better, but um, I I would like to see something that's not as mainstream because it's just I feel like it's always more fun when it's off the beaten path a little bit. Yeah, I would agree with that, and I I really wanted to see, especially after seeing Justice League, like I really wanted to see what a I cannot Joe Manganiello's uh, Deathstroke would have been. Oh, that would have been great. That would be great. Like that would have been great. And again, I don't know if that would have worked in a noir detective setting, but it definitely would have been something that, you know, we've seen that character on Arrow. But but um, again, is he mainstream because of that? I don't think so. I don't think that. I don't think the people watching Arrow are are, are the people that are going to go flock to a Batman movie. I mean, obviously they are, but there's. I guess the people flocking to a Batman movie aren't necessarily watching Arrow on the CW. So um, I think that would have been like a really neat and hopefully they incorporate him into it still. But that would have been a neat hero or villain rather, because, again, like off the beaten path again, his comic right now on point. Yeah, that's one that I, I I need to read too. Like everyone, everyone talks a lot. I I need to I need to stop podcasting. I need to stop being creative, <laughs> and I just need to start reading and not doing anything else. That's how you read a lot of comics. You just stop being a creative person. Don't do yes. that, kids. Be creative. Uh, yeah, that's actually we we meet a lot of comic creators, um, and like uh, talk to them off off mic, and they'll be like, yeah. I uh, don't really read all that much because I create so much and I'm like, man, I'm like, I need those days. Like as much as we put out putting two episodes out a week and doing events and YouTube and guest spots like this, I need my time to unwind and release my brain. Totally. And then I, I I would like to have more time to do it. Um, And eventually I think like, especially like we've been, we've been, we did, uh, three live shows in the matter of, I think 60 days. And, and now I have this little month break before the, the festival. And then I, I'm not planning on doing another show until maybe Keystone comic-con and then, and then January. So like once, once the, the Philly podcast fest is over, I am finally going to hopefully be caught up on all my podcasting and editing and, uh, just being both a creative and a content uh, consumer, uh, because I, I need to I need to read more comics and just, uh, just, just give it all to me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well that's a good segue. So before I let you go, let's get your plugs out and let us know about your uh, your your festival appearance. Absolutely. So we are going to be appearing at Malgam Malgam Comics and Coffee House. And uh, oh, sorry, June 23rd at 3 p.m., we will be discussing all things in the world of Toy Story and suicide prevention, which leads me to this. If you guys are listening to this right now and you or someone you know is struggling with suicide, addiction, self-harm, or depression, you guys feel free to reach out to us. Uh, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Victims and Villains. You guys can also go to victimsandvillains.net for all past episodes and hopefully by the time this drops, we'll also be uh, have our review section up so you guys can watch past YouTube videos that we've done. But you guys can also uh, get resources to uh, get the help that you guys are doing. And just off the top of my head, you guys can call the Suicide Lifeline. It's 1-800-273-8255 or also text anonymously to 741-741. Josh, thank you for all that great info. Uh, that is something we, I, I'm a, I'm a advocate for bullies keep out. 
uh, who, who, you know, they, they, it's more than just suicide that they, they kind of talk about, but that's obviously something that's huge for them. Uh, and, uh, I have, I'm a terrible advocate cause I don't have that stuff memorized. Uh, I always have to look it up and put it in my show notes. So, uh, thanks for having that information. And, uh, again, like I sit around and, and talk about the same kind of stuff you guys normally do, but I have no real great, um, power message to go with it. You guys are doing really good work. Uh, Thanks, and, and whatnot. So, um, thank you for being, you know, the, the, the content creator that you are, but also for having like a meaning behind it. No problem. I honestly, I couldn't imagine doing our show with, without it, because when you step into podcasting, I think no one understands it until you actually are knee deep in it. Podcasting is like stepping into an ocean. Yeah. There is thousands of podcasts every which way you look and you have to do something that's going to really stand out and i think that what we were finding from doing conventions was that there was a lot of depression and a lot of escape people were running to these fandoms as a way of holding on to hope and so why not kind of move past that and bring those resources into those worlds and and marry the two i i don't think there's a uh better way to end this episode than kind of on that message there so uh so josh thanks for doing the show and uh good luck at the festival all right thanks to josh once again for being on the show um i i can't thank you enough for doing this two years in a row now uh, and, uh, I hope that we can make something work out for, for a live show appearance with one another, whether it's the January event or one of the other events that I run throughout the year. Um, I think after the podcast fest, we're going to go a little silent, uh, unless we do the Keystone comic book uh, convention, but, uh, until our January show, cause I'm, I'm really going to put a lot of focus into that We're we're making big changes and whatnot. And uh, I think Josh's show victims of villains would make a pretty good fit for, for that, uh, that, that one day festival of ours to so make sure you find victims and villains and of course on iTunes and whatnot, but victims and villains, mm, victims and villains.net. Uh, he will be performing live, uh, on June 23rd at a Malcolm comics and coffee house at 3 PM. Uh, while you're thinking about the festival, make sure you come out to tattooed moms on July 1st. We're kicking off. Everything is awesome. It's kicking off the last day of the festival at 1 PM. Um, and it's going to be a fun time. I'm working on getting, get the, some good, some good guests. Uh, and, and it's just gonna be a fun late night experience in the afternoon and, uh, make sure you go to phillypodfest.com slash schedule for the complete schedule for the 2018 Philadelphia podcast festival. Uh, and of course, Please, please, please support the show. You already support it enough by listening to us. I'm just asking for a little bit more. I'm always, I'm a, I'm a wanner. Uh, I'm a taker. Um, you know, Solo, Han Solo, is, he's, he's a pilot. He's a flyer. You know, I'm a, I'm a wanner. I'm a taker. Uh, you can support us on patreon.com slash that entertains. Uh, that's where you can help support us with the money. A dollar a month is like nothing. It's, a, it's less than a cup of coffee uh, and, it, and it helps support uh, this show and the whole That's Entertainment brand uh, from from our website where we do comic book reviews uh, and movie reviews to our podcast network where we have some great shows um, and, and we are really looking to get our hosting fees covered and from there 
we can start paying our talent, we can start having an emergency fund for when equipment breaks across the board, whether it's my own personal equipment or it's something that one of the other podcasts need, you know, a, a microphone to replace, to be replaced or a mixer or whatever. We can start upgrading equipment for my show and all the other shows on the network. Um, so that's a great way to support us, a dollar a month. And it gets you, it's, it's Patreon in, in short is basically a subscription service. It gets you uh, with us a bare minimum of early access uh, to all our content. Um, and of course you can support us on iTunes with five stars, ratings and reviews. Apple math gets us for more ears, more ears means more people are listening and more people are listening means we can do bigger and cooler things. And, uh, that's what I'm going to do. We, we really, uh, as you'll hear later this month, we'll, you'll hear a couple panels that we were able to run, um, at the Philadelphia comic-con and at wizard world. And that was such a fun time that I want to do more and more stuff like that. But, uh, we, we, we need, uh, the support to do that. And, and, uh, I hope that, uh, you come out to support us at our live shows, like the one on July 1st at Tattoo Bombs at 1 PM. And of course, word of mouth recommendations. Hey guys, I've kept you long enough. This was a really long conversation with Josh, but a really, I think, interesting one. I enjoyed it. A lot of great, just general pop culture stuff. And of course, a lot of good information that Josh gave, uh, at the end of the show about suicide prevention and what to do if you're feeling like you're at that level. Um, and, and he, 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 he was better. Um, he was able to articulate that better than I am, but we'll have all that information in the show notes. Please, please, please remember, um, if you are feeling that way, there's plenty of people to reach out to. There's Josh from victims of villains. There's bullies keep out who, who we support and I'm an advocate for. There's me. There's everything is awesome. There's Telus. there's, there's all these different venues that you can go to and just, you know, say hi and, and have a dialogue and I'll, I'll do what I can and, and point you in the right direction if I need to. Um, and so will all these other people. So, uh, you know, just, just take a minute and think and, and cause, cause you can't take a uh, suicide back. That's, that's permanent. And that's a, that's a permanent solution for, for a temporary problem. Um, so thank you guys for listening. Uh, of course you can find us on awesomepodcast.com. We're part of the core temp arts podcast network on core arts.com. Uh, and you know, I say it every week. We've been awesome. Thank you for listening to the Cortem Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Cortem Parts shows, visit cortemparts.com.